This is Ron Friends, Comics Illustrator, and this is a bumper for the amazing Spider Talk. Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle all the questions and the webs left out to tangle. I'll be in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon. They'll bend your ears with reckless self abandon. The Amazing Spider-Talk The Amazing Spider-Talk Come swing through the air Sit back and prepare For the Amazing Spider-Talk Hello and welcome to The Amazing Spider-Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdin. And I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog, the first blog to uh, talk about a chase to collect every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Is it the first and only still? It was the first, Dan. Remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, Mark, are you hinting at some, like, future development that hasn't come to pass yet? Spoiler alert, Stan. We'll get there. All right. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us for the 17th episode of Amazing Spider Talk. And if it's your first time joining us, we hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. And that also goes for all of you who are joining us as well. Yeah, second or third or 900th time listeners – we still hope the conversation's intelligent. Even though the past results may not have proven that to be true. Right. Well, you know, there's, there's a first time for everything, Dan. Um, for this episode, speaking of intelligent conversation, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man number 17 by Dan Slott, Christos Gage. Not to reveal how the sausage is made, but Christos is spelled here C-R-I-S-T-O-S. Dan, what's going on? It's late. Keep talking, Mark. That's not in the script. Alberto Ramos. Reading your comments and emails, giving away prizes, and discussing all the spider news that's fit to print. Well, uh, you know, not to double down on my mistakes, but I do want to apologize for the last episode where I left in two minutes of us fumbling behind the scenes. To, <laughs> uh, Dude, I, I didn't I, you see. That's why I need to listen to things the day they drop to hear that. stuff. yeah. So I went back and, and fixed it. Uh, Cause I listened to the episode a day later and I listened to our episodes and edit them. So this was a strange once in a blue moon uh, mistake for me. So if you have a version, haven't listened to it yet, go back and re-download it so that you get to hear the version without two minutes of us trying to get Skype to uh, to come back on. Uh, by the way, uh, this episode is sponsored by Skype, uh, Skype, where basic communication is still a problem. <laughs> it's also brought to you by Lisa Maya and Time Warner Cable, where bandwidth is always at a premium. Yeah, well, me too, Mark. So, uh, oh. hey, we're in this together. Well, you know, we'll soon all be owned by Cable Town. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. So, I apologize for that rare snafu in the audio, but uh, I got a couple of tweets from people saying it was actually really funny and that we should leave that stuff in. And I was like, 
no way in hell, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. So if you didn't hear that, then great. You downloaded the, uh, the better version of the show. Um, sounds like we're, we're destined to get some more four star reviews, Dan. No, don't, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, of course, if you guys hear this sound, please be sure to check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Now, Mark, I know that uh, you just uh, passed a kidney stone and are looking (laughs) for more pleasantries in your life. So let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man number 17. Dan, well, yeah, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man 17 are passing a kidney stone. Take take your poison? I don't know. Uh, so this comic came out, and some stuff happened. That was kind of what I, I titled my review. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody actually tweeted at me. It was like, I was actually considering picking up the book again, even after not liking Spider-Verse. But then I saw the title of your review was Stuff Happening, I Guess. And decided against it. <laughs> <laughs> which which uh, is a shame because I think we both kind of liked Amazing Spider-Man 16 for what it was. He, he kind of liked it. But, yeah, I mean, this, this, this is a middle chapter of a very slow-moving, cool-down arc to begin with. I mean, Dan, I don't want to be lazy about my, my criticism here. But this comic was just so boring, and it is so blatantly obvious that the Spider Office has better things to be doing right now than telling this story because it shows on every page of this comic. Yeah, it's just like this weird how do we fill three issues with the story until Secret Wars. Um, And you know what? There are better ways to fill it than what we're getting. And it's not to say that this issue is the worst thing ever. No, it's not. I mean, but, you know, the joke is, in which case, when we get to Secret Wars, we'll probably, you know, be ticked off and annoyed and, like, you know, I'll be talking in my squeaky voice, you know, yelling about things. Um, you know, if, 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 if common if, – if the current, you know, tradition holds. Wait, Mark, um, this is your actual voice? I thought it was just a, like one of those rubber ducks being squeezed over and over Yeah, again. something like that. <laughs> well, the good news is I don't – I'm not hacking up a lung today, so – there's that. Um, yeah, that is good. <laughs> um, so, I mean, here's the thing, Dan, with, with, with this, this – not even just this comic, with this entire storyline, this whole Parker Industries arc. You know, Parker Industries under uh, – being sabotaged by the ghost. Um, this entire arc is predicated to me on two things. One, you believe that Peter has become a good leader because of Spider-Verse. And two – you, you care and have incentive to care about the fate of Parker Industries. Um, I don't think Peter became a good leader after Spider-Verse, and I don't give a twig about Parker Industries. So where does that leave us? It leaves us in the hands of Anna Maria and Sajani. Which, yay. I uh, mean, <laughs> here's the thing, and let me just get the 
the elephant like address the elephant in the room here. I think Anna Maria is a poorly written character. And I know okay. that she has her defenders and people that love her, but I think she was well written when she was introduced and we had some wonderful moments like you know that that reflected back on our main character like the scene where she was bullied and then Otto took action against her bullies and the scene where she cooked like ice cream in her apartment and some of their dates uh were really nice and she was an interesting character but after the end of Superior Spider-Man I don't know about you Mark but I expected her relationship to Peter, with to Peter to change whether it become mourning the loss of Otto or becoming a villain um wh- whatever it was I was ready to see how this would change her and she's being written like she's the same amazing person um that she was before finding out that her presumed fiance that she discovered that was going to uh propose to her died right um yeah you're right there isn't a whole lot of mourning in this book from her, which is strange. I mean, then, you know, I mean, if we're, if we're reaching all the way back, I mean, I kind of feared that things were going to take a poor turn with this character way back. What was it in the first or second issue when, you know, her, her deduction of that Peter was Spider-Man was based on, you know, what his package looked like. You know what I mean? So, um, you could just tell where the, where the mentality was with, you know, what the core characteristics of this character were going to be. Um, no, I don't disagree with you. Um, you know, all the same, like some of the moments with Anna Maria and Peter in the beginning here didn't bother me. Not not so much in that I thought these were like well-written scenes, <laughs> um, but just that, you know, like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's what's so, what's so frustrating then is that I am, I am critiquing this comic book under, I, I'm making so many concessions in how I critique in, in how I view Spider-Man because it's like I have to accept that Black Cat is being written a certain way, and I have to accept that Peter is being written a certain way, and and you know, and, and you know, just for two examples, and you know, in terms of Peter, it's like he is this kind of bumbling doofus who overcomplicates everything, and that's just what he has been since this book has relaunched. Um, you know, where he's compl- he's constantly being uh, overshadowed by his supporting characters or other heroes or, you know, by, by other women uh, or men. Let's uh, let's not make it a gender thing. Um, and, you know, when when Anna Maria was kind of in the beginning with Peter, like, you know, why are you why are you overcomplicating things? And I was like, yeah, you know, it's 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 good it's good to have her talk truth to Peter because it's annoying that he does that. But the fact of the matter is, he's doing that because that's the direction Slot has taken this character. Yeah, and I, you know, I could see where that basis for the character comes from. I mean, a large number of his relationships in early Spider-Man comics. I'm talking like Dicko and Ramita Senior era. His relationships are complicated by the fact that he can't get out of his own head and everyone thinks that he's kind of a jerk um, because he's not paying them any attention. So I could see that reading of the character, um, but I think it's taken a bit too far here. Yeah, because he's just he's just so helpless. I mean, you know, like, you know, in those early in those early issues, I mean, you know, heck, I mean. For years, I mean, for for most of Spider-Man's lifetime, I mean, you know, to me, one of the biggest things that always became overcomplicated was like 
when Peter was out as Peter with a with a friend or with a girlfriend or whatever, and then like you know a villain started tearing up a, a street or a or a building or something, and he had to figure out that you know how do I sneak away as Spider Man, you know, and in a way that's believable so that they don't think that Peter is Spider Man. You know what I mean, like that. So like. You know, that was always kind of a little overwrought and complicated. And, and, you know, we get some of that here in this issue, too, although I really do not like the way it was paced. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I mean, um, in, next week we're going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man number 50. And there is no book that has more internal dialogue and, and neuroses than that book does from, coming right. from Peter. But it's that's perfectly fitting – with uh, you know where he was at at the time, absolutely. Um, but all the same, I mean, like, you know, like this idea that he's like putting up these charades for Aunt May and Jameson and for San Johnny. Like, I it, like, I don't get why this is now a core part of the character because it's to me it's not. I, I, I mean, like, you know, he never faked his, you know. That you know he was dating Gwen Stacy, <laughs> like oh she never died, Aunt May. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it, you know what? To, <laughs> to complicate it even further is that like you know we don't. You and I both agree that we do not feel that Peter became a better leader during Spider Verse, um, which is then reinforced by the text here where he can't make a single decision for himself. So it's like you can't have it both ways. He's either a leader and can t- t- and can take decisive action or he's not and he's hung up on everything. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's still this idea, you know, kind of playing off what you were saying with Anna Maria. I mean, like, she's just, she's just so great, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, she's so great. You know what I mean? Like, she's perfect. She cooks. She, she does this. She keeps good house. She's she's kind. She's courteous. Did I miss when like everything got cooled off with her and Aunt May? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it asks an even further question. There is why is Anna Maria going along with this charade? Like, right. she's going to dinner at Peter's family's house, which is a huge step in any relationship. Period. Like. Even now, like when I – after you know dating my girlfriend for the length of time that I have, taking her to my parents' house is fraught with you know complications. Um, but you know, not to say Dan, that – I've been married for over seven years and still going to my parents' house is fraught with complications. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's and I like, see them a couple of times a month. <laughs> <laughs> like not – and my parents aren't like – you know uh, like – you know, outright offensive to no. to my girlfriend in the way that Aunt May was to Anna Maria. Right. right. Yeah. So I, I don't get that, but you know, we characters change. That's kind of a signature of what the last year and change of Spider-Man comics has been. Can I ask you a question? Maybe you can answer this because I did some research over the last past week and oh, couldn't boy. find an answer to this. <laughs> okay. Okay. JJJ Senior. Right, we know him. Yeah. We love him. He's married to Aunt May. You bet. Um, Hasn't had an interesting story since what the subway tunnel. Right. Yeah. But Continue. What does he do for a living that he has the money to like? So, like Aunt May's life was complicated for as long as she's been a character for as being a poor person, constantly seeking money. Right. Now she's a high roller. 
she's going to auctions and buying. They're buying ugly art. Right, really ugly art <laughs> that looks like like a bird's claw or something. And uh, uh, so what does he do, right? When we're introduced to him, he's just a juror. And he's coming back into town to like – or not even a juror. He's like a witness for this case. Yes. Okay. What is it that he does that he makes so much money? I don't think we've ever found out. Well, clearly – he is the heir of a successful company like a pizza company. <laughs> Papa Jonah Sr. I kind of hate you, Mark. Oh, no, I definitely hate you. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's Domino's to his son's Papa Jonah's. Oh, man. Well, someone's going to have to make a mock-up of that for us. <laughs> no, um, really, do you, do you have any idea? No, what I have he does? no idea. No I looked idea. up on Wikipedia and all of his bios, and I've not found it. So if you are a listener and you know what this character does for a living, please write in or invent something. I don't care. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, they do kind of have a fancy wedding, right? Uh, yeah. Wasn't it at like some major ball? Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's an I, issue it, 600 it, and I've just forgotten. Well, I mean, even if it's not an issue 600, I mean, like, you can't, you can't throw a slot under the bus for this. I mean, this is at least something that's been around a while. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not throwing him under the bus. I'm just genuinely okay. curious about this character. He has a lot of money, and we never see him working or doing anything other than, like, investing in things. Maybe that's what he does. Uh, but, you know, just curious. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, we're both stumped. So there's a Jeopardy question for you if there ever was one. Yes. So so help us out. Um, can we talk a little bit about the big sabotage scene? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And it's a big scene because, like, you know, basically after this little dinner soiree and, and you know, a couple other little stopovers, it took up the rest of the book. Although, like, this really – like, you know – Maybe I'm just being unfair, and, and this isn't the most specific criticism I can say, but, like, was it was it just me, or did this feel like a, a scene that should have been about two pages long, but was this basically made to last the duration of the of the comic? You mean the whole, like, robots turning on them stuff? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think you could probably do it in two, in two like, a, a scene and not drag it out to a whole comic. I didn't feel like it, just, like it was that padded. Um, I just felt, it, but that's the thing. It was like there was just like a lot of like, and you know, we got this in the in the final part of Spider Verse too, where it's like characters involved in the action, narrating the action. Like, well, you yeah, know, that's like, this oh, whole well. book. It's just nonstop exposition. Yeah, um, you know, it's like we 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 are characters in a comic book, and things are happening, and and like you know, Peter constantly like. Oh, look, Anna Maria is so smart. She just did this for me. Oh, look, Anna Maria is so smart. She just did that for me. And I'm like, why are we spending so much time here? Like, you know, like we just need a couple of panels of chaos breaking loose and the ghosts, you know, killing killing off red shirts. And then, oh, look, the ghost has Sen Johnny. You know what I mean? Like, and there's just, and there, and there it is. You know, like it's just, I, I, I don't, it, it just felt needlessly drawn out the pacing was weird i found ramos's art was unclear in terms of what exactly was happening i i think i think i agree with you and i i think that's twofold because 
first of all, the designs of the robots are totally vague and unclear. Uh, they're like these strange balls or kind of like TIE fighter looking things. Yeah. And then when they turn on like our characters, there's these kind of like SWAT walls or something, these kind of virtual walls. But um, Edgar Delgado colors them with this red color and sets them against this orange background. So it's like doesn't – it clashes horribly and then the – it looks like it's fire, but it's not fire. It's like these walls, I believe. And I, I don't know. I just thought that the combination of the colors and stuff, it just is very confusing to read. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad I, I said it the way I did so you can, you know, provide more color to it. Ha ha. Because that's really what it is. I mean, no, I mean, but, the, but in all seriousness, it's like. I, I, you know, I can't put my, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was like, I, I don't get what is going on here. I mean, I know that it's chaos and, and stuff is happening, but like, like, again, it's just who cares. And, 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 you know, in terms of the ghost as an antagonist, I guess he's, you know, I, I saw a couple fans online. Yeah, I guess ghost is what an Iron Man villain. Technically. I think that's where he yeah, comes I from. I believe that's where he started off. Uh, which makes sense, a corporate saboteur being, you know, a villain of Iron Man's. But, like, I, we have been given no reason to care about this guy, you know? Like, He's just kind like, of an anarchist, I guess. Yeah, but, like, it's, it's, it, there's nothing interesting about it, you know? Like, it's just, you know, like, again, I mean, it, it, there's just no thought and, and no... This, I mean, no care, it seems to be going to the story. And I like the way um, that Ramos draws him, I will say. Yeah, no, I, I I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, you know, he's pretty cool looking, I guess. Um, it's it's just not enough to hang a story on, like you know, as no. as a as a villain. I we don't like we know what his motives are, right? He's being paid to do this, and he also right. just doesn't like companies. But it doesn't really like challenge our hero in any way, other than like physically, like that he needs to run all over the place or he needs to battle back these robots. But when that's unclear, you know, it doesn't really like leave you a lot to get excited about. There, there's a moment, I think the key moment here, Mark of confusion for me, there's a moment where Peter, I think I, and I'm saying this genuinely. I think he saves someone from a robot that's like swinging overhead because yeah. of his spider sense. I, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Yeah. 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 That, that's that's that that about describes it. Yeah. Um, can we talk about San Johnny? Yeah, I think it's important that we do because this is a story dominated by these two characters. I really think that this is Anna Maria and Sajani's story. Like Peter yeah. makes no decisions in this that affect the plot at all, but these two do. So, so Dan, and and this is going to sound like a very condescending question, but I, I do mean this sincerely. Who is San Johnny? She is an antagonist. It's like I, I just do not – this character has kind of been on the periphery of these books now for a while. I'm assuming Slot created her, right? Yes. You she know, got for, through, created during the first big time story. During big time, yeah, through Horizon Labs, right? What was that, so, 648? Yeah, that makes sense. Um. She just, you know, it's like she's an antagonist, but like we have, we've been given no reason to. I just, she's just inherently unlikable, 
and we're, we're being given no reason to actually try and see things through her perspective, try to identify, sympathize. It's just like, and, but she's not a villain. You know what I mean? Like she's not, I mean, she's just, she's just unlikable. And I don't like, I don't get the point of characters like that in comics. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're going to, if you're going to make someone just so detestable, then, you know, they better have, you know, superpowers and, you know, murder puppies and children and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, otherwise it's like what, this is a real person, but you know, she just constantly disagrees with the story's protagonists and, you know, tries to screw with his life and sabotage him, but she's clearly not good at it because, you know, it seems like every time she needs to cut the, cut a deal with somebody, she ends up screwing herself. She's got uh, to deal with literally everyone that's presented an opportunity to. Right. Um, yeah, I just don't get this character. I think it's I think it's a waste of character. Like, I, I don't I don't see where the redeeming qualities are. And, I, I, you know, it's that. Uh, I just I hate to be that way, but like you know, this character has been around now for for a number of years, and I am yet to figure out what the hook of this character is. Well, what's even funnier is in this issue, you know, she addresses that she doesn't like, you know, Peter's plan to build this facility to rehabilitate villains, and then our favorite character in the world, Clayton Cole, says to her, "Like I'm the proof that it works." Like that I've been given a second chance and I can do good things, even though we really haven't seen him do much good things. But I'm going to take it for granted that he's doing good things. Right. Um, Although next issue he could be turning back into a sound villain and, you know, we we get boasts of someone, a particular writer playing the long game or something. Right. Um, Well, you know. Well, you know, like he'll he'll do that, but then we'll have three months off for a New Year vows. So what will happen with Clayton? Yeah, but anyway, so <laughs> he says to her, like, I'm the proof here that this works. And then she still is just – she, like, refuses to see, like, sense. And look, I'm not going to be the guy that's going out there like, I think Peter is right. He should totally build a rehabilitation Clinic, because right. I don't really right. care if he does. Right, right. Um, well, yeah. And I also know that it's not going to last past the next issue because solicits and all right. that. Of course. Unless the cover is a big red herring or whatever. But, um, I mean, e- either way, like, this character just is, like, nonsensically antagonistic for no reason. And I remember even being a little confused by it when um, she kind of, like, she like sold out Horizon, I guess, and she wasn't invited on the boat when they left. Um, like, I was like, oh yeah, I, I guess she did kind of like you know sell them out or whatever, but it didn't really bother me. And now she's just kind of hanging around. Yeah, like, but 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 getting a fair amount of ink in a book like this, you know, like, so, you know. What's 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 the long game, Dan? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) She could be dead by next issue. I mean, you know, like I I I don't mean to be mean, but I I I wouldn't. I don't know if I would care. (laughs) I don't think I would care either. I mean, you know, if that was the cliffhanger, it's like okay. Yeah, speaking of which, what an over overwritten bit of final dialogue. That is the sound of someone. What are the exact words, Dan? It's like, that is the sound of someone facing death. Yeah, I think it's something like that. 
like oh god like that is the sound of some really poor dialogue thanks tolstoy <laughs> thanks captain obvious toy <laughs> yeah jeez um so um oh so can someone explain to Anna Maria the the meaning of a thumb drive? <laughs> yeah, or 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 any kind of hard drive. She's like, "Oh yeah, I put it in the robot." Can we really? Okay. I I have an idea. Can we get can we get a zip drive? Remember those zip drives? <laughs> She's like, "I put it on the floppy disk." <laughs> well, I love the zip drive because like each disk was like 30 bucks and it held all of like 80 megabytes. Like I used to get like an entire CD's worth of MP3s on a zip disk. It's great. What kind of what kind of hookup do you think the living brain has? Like, is he like USB 3.0? Oh no, he's like a, probably like a coax or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna get nitpicky here, like when no, did MJ like, start modeling again? He's uh, yeah, you I, I, yeah. Again, not to expose the sausage, but uh, you have this here, and I don't even remember that. When did when did that happen? In the background of the scene where Peter is swinging with Anna Maria, she's on a giant billboard. Oh, okay, and it's like MJ modeling, and like okay, I was thinking about it because maybe it's not a real concern, but it speaks to something completely different, which is like who is MJ as a character because. You know, when Brand New Day was launched, when we first saw her, she was a model that was dating some actor guy. Um, yes. So okay, I'll buy it. She's still a model, but then she's also doing this like uh, this club, and I'm not saying she can't do both, but like these characters have gotten so big, it's like their value to us as characters has equated to like real world value in the Marvel universe. Like there's some kind of gods that are feeding off of our readership. Uh, and like so now she's this giant character and Peter is this ultra scientist. And what happened to these being normal people? And maybe they're all just Norman Osborne under face transplant surgery. Yeah, maybe. And we all live in a snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing is that like there's this moment where like – Anna is like, why don't you swing me back over to the lab? And Peter's like, uh, well, you know, don't you think that people would get suspicious about, you know, Spider-Man's relationship to Parker Industries and and his relationship to Peter Parker? And she's like, don't worry about that stuff. Like, people figure, you know, that's going on anyway. And then right. it makes you think, like, why did they introduce these plot developments, like, that were made a big just, deal of? Just to contradict themselves. Yeah, just to be like, well, forget we said that. Like, oh, nobody believed us anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's like have some have some faith in the stories you put forward. I don't know. It kind of bothered me because I was like, well, first of all, I thought those plot developments were dumb in the first place. And maybe, like, they agree with me, so they, like, brush them away. But it's like, don't try to convince me that didn't happen or it didn't matter because you clearly invested time thinking that it mattered. Right. Um, so let's, let's just quickly talk about the B story, which is Black Cat. She's still there. She's still pissed. And the she end. really wants her bad art back. She wants her bad art back because, you know – she was wronged. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing to add on that, right? I liked Ramos's art here quite a bit. 
Okay. It was zippy and fun and, you know, did his kind of like sketchy flashback stuff, which I think is always neat. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what happens here? We're introduced to some kind of character for Black Cat to be angry at and she steals her artwork back and then she's going to get all of her artwork back again. And uh, so now we and have she her poisons, and I'm assuming I'm saying she I'm assuming that she tortures and probably inevitably kills this woman, right? I don't know that she I, kills her, but well, she said she said something to the tune of it's not toxic, but you know I don't want this to be quick or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, Joy, well, now she's going to attack Aunt May. Drama. Maybe Again, she can like attack Aunt May and then be like. What the hell am I doing? I'm telling you, watching watching Felicia attack Aunt May is going to be, you know, before going to renew your vows and Secret Wars is going to be like watching like Wolverine pop the third clog and Sabretooth before Age of Apocalypse, which <laughs> I don't know if you were aware, Dan, but like that was like in the normal X-Men comics. Apparently that was like the final thing they showed before they went to this alternative timeline. So, of course, like all the fans were freaking out like, what happened to <laughs> but we're about to get the the last uh, Peter Parker and uh, and Venom story, right? So, um, well, before we, you want to talk about this letter? Speaking of which, yes, I think I think this is an interesting thing, and I, I don't know that I would put, factor this into my grade of right. this issue or my feelings about this issue, but I think it's very indicative of the attitude towards like. That goes into this book. And, it, you know, there are good things and bad things to say about it. Mark, did you get a chance to read this letter? Well, I, you know, I don't have it in front of me right now. But, I mean, my understanding was it was, you know, a fan that, you know, and it seemed like it was a pretty reasonably written letter, if memory serves, about some complaints about I don't Spider-verse. know. I, I thought it was a bit hyperbolic. Like he says, like, Dan Slott's run will never be remembered and it's as bad as the Howard Mackey run. Or no, it right. says, he said it makes the Howard Mackey run seem like a masterpiece. Okay, you're right. Hyper, that is hyperbolic. Yeah. Um, but you know, but point being, you know, so Nick Lowe responds, Spider Editor Nick Lowe, and it's basically like moral of the story is as long as he's editor, Dan Slott's his guy, right? I mean, that seems to kind of be what the what yeah. the what the what the moral of the story is. And if you don't like it, just stop reading the book. Right. Um, Which I just I hate that attitude. Yeah, it's a bad attitude, and we'll talk about, I think, Stan Lee's attitude when we discuss letters from some of our essential issues, uh, right. which I plan on talking about. But um, uh, yeah, I just don't like that attitude, but I think it's even more unfair that like – look, this guy wrote a letter in, and that's fine. But if you're going to print one negative letter in your column, like it would be great if we could get like a, a reasonable one, you know? Right. like. Because like between – I know that you and I agree on this. Dan Slott is an up-and-down writer. Like he's had great stories and really terrible ones and the unfortunate thing is he's been bad for a year um, yeah. at this point. But I, I don't like – it makes me want to write in again because you know I don't want people who aren't enjoying the book to be characterized as this kind of like hyperbolic, angry person that gets printed in the book. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Dan, I sometimes I have to wonder. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you, if you wrote in a letter, I think you're kind of the exception to the rule. But like, 
you know, it's kind of like who are, who are the people reviewing things on Yelp? It's like it's people who either really love something or had the worst experience in the history of the world, and thus they need to, you know, flame this this restaurant or hotel or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's and, and that's kind of how I feel. What the letters, you know, page must be at Marvel. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it's people who are either like, oh my god. It's the it's the it's the Japanese Spider-Man robot and um and that's awesome and oh my god Silken Spider-Man forever heart 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 um or you are the sin against all of humanity <laughs> you are worse than, you're worse than Howard Mackey for Howard Mackey <laughs> <laughs> well I like that Lowe didn't even take the opportunity to be like well we like Howard Mackey you know he's like yeah. Let's, let's not even address that. Because Nick Lowe probably doesn't know who Howard Mackey is. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't want to. Uh, no, I don't want to beat up on Lowe too much because I know that we kind of have been. But yeah, there's a possibility that you're right. <laughs> so uh, like, hold on, let me check the Marvel database here. Oh, look at this. <laughs> this guy wrote like 200 issues of Spider-Man at some at one point or another. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh-huh. you know what? Maybe maybe I'll say this then. Uh, listeners, why not write a, a, a letter to Marvel that is uh, more moderate in in an, in an opinion? You know, I mean, if you feel that way, only only if you really feel that way. But like, I feel like, okay, this is where I'm at right now. It's the book has not been good, but it was good in the past under Dan Slott. But perhaps it's just time. Even if even if the book was great, maybe some of us want to hear other voices. You know, although I will give Nick Lowe some credit. He did say, check out Jerry Conway's story if you want a different voice. And true, you could do that. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just thought it was an interesting letter for them to print because they very rarely print negative letters and they very rarely print letters that are this negative. Right. Um, So. and for what it's worth, I actually I, I believe on my in my write up, I didn't compare this to a How, this issue to a Howard Mackey one. I compared it to like some random David Michelini, Mark Bagley issue from like the early nineties. Yeah, sure. That, that didn't that, that didn't have right. a that didn't have a symbiote in it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like you know they all kind of blend together at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Although they were on fire whenever they had the symbiote. Yeah, well, Symbiote was fun and it was different. I think probably just because Mark Bagley drew the hell out of Symbiotes. Right, but like, you know, I'm just thinking of like some story starring like Cardiac and Sticks and Stone or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your grade, Dad? I'm going to give this one a D. I'm just just done sugarcoating it. You're D for done? Yeah. I'll add a plus to it just because I like some of the Anna Maria stuff in the beginning. All right. So D plus. D plus. There we go. Woo. Yay. We love being so negative, Mark. Yes. But you know what? We, we also love reading your comments and emails. So let's talk about that. folks it's time that uh dan and i read your comments and emails uh we'd love if you left us a comment on our itunes or stitcher account and uh as you're leaving us a comment uh please subscribe too um and you can you can find our pages on itunes and stitcher by searching on amazing spider talk 
or just Spider-Man. We come up pretty quickly. Uh, and, of course, you can email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can uh, tweet at us and mark uh, the, your tweet OK to print, and we'll find it on Twitter and read your questions on the air. And don't forget also that I'm still offering a copy of my copy of Amazing Spider-Man number 72, that old Stan Lee, John Romita Sr. issue, uh, as a giveaway if you review our show on iTunes. So uh, if, if you've reviewed it before, you're already entered into the competition. But if you haven't yet, be sure to get your reviews on iTunes so that I can enter you into the competition, which will end in a couple weeks. So uh, get on it. Um, but let's get to our comments. All right, so uh, this first comment is from Aunt May's Stunt Devil. Uh, it's a show about Spider-Man, five stars. Very fair with their criticism and praise. They make reviewing the books fun. It's obvious they love the character and his universe, and their encyclopedic knowledge could be incredibly helpful for new readers, not to mention their release schedule is rather quick, which is rad. Thanks for the great show, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you, Aunt May's Stunt Double, which wasn't a thing I knew existed. Maybe she's well. No, the, that's the that's the one who died. They asked him four hundred. Oh yes, with the, with the <laughs> bomb in her brain. Well, no, the bomb in her brain was the real Aunt May. Oh yeah, sorry. No, ah, gosh. Look Come at on, me. Dan. No, you're '90s Spider-Man. Oh man, this guy's gonna have to take back his review. <laughs> no, but really, thank you. Uh, why did I say guy? It's clearly a woman. <laughs> It's okay. You're, you're forgiven. Okay. All right. Yes, but no. Thank you, Aunt May's stunt double. Our next review comes <laughs> from Superior Shub, which is an awesome name. Uh, and and uh, the title of this review is A Truly Amazing Show, 5 out of 5. As a recent inductee into the world of podcasts, I must say this is by far my favorite. I love listening to two intelligent fans discuss these issues. After reading Amazing Spider-Man through high school, I've recently begun my own journey to chase Amazing so that my son can one day hopefully enjoy these stories as much as I have come to love them. Also, since my collection is relatively new, I would love to add the number 72 to my collection. Keep up the amazing work, guys, and I, for one, will keep listening. That one was in no, – that review in just no way bribed, Mark. No, no, but it was uh, – I like that review, you know, especially since, you know, they mentioned chasing amazing, which is, you know, of course, you the flagship amazing Spider-Man chasing website on the internet. <laughs> Mark, you were really definitely hinting towards something here. Uh, we'll get to it there. We'll get to it. Um, this next one is from Lotto Loctavius. At least it's not Lactavius, right? Oh, um, gosh. Oh, uh, Four out of five stars for the weird lactation <laughs> jokes. Um, this is good stuff. Five stars. If you're craving, and that's spelled K-R-A-V-E-N, a great podcast about Spider-Man, you should electro... To check out Amazing Spider Talk. Dan, did you write this? I did not uh, write this, I swear. They are the kingpins of comic broadcasting, and I'd be shockered if you didn't find yourself hobgoblining up to older episodes in addition to the newer episodes. At Lotto, that was that was Blotto, man. Lotto, you're you are my biological father, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> so uh, let's get to our emails, which uh, should be equally fun because we got a lot of good questions. Yeah, um, this first question is from Seth, and Seth writes, at the end of Spider-Verse, when Ock was tearing the threads apart, they made it seem like all the spiders were going to lose their spider sense. However, we have not seen that, or that's not been the case. So what's up with that? Um, you know, it, it, this this wasn't very clear, like most of Spider-Verse. Um, but, you know, my gathering of this, Dan, and, and maybe I'm just no-prizing it, is that you know, like the spider sense would be weakened a little bit, like or at least temporarily, as the web of life was being patched back together. But I didn't think it was like an outright losing of spider sense. Yeah, I don't even think that. Uh, it, I mean, it may have been weakened, but I I think it was just that character positing a guess as to how that could affect them. Like it yeah. was never confirmed. So I like I I thought it was sloppy writing, but I I always just figured. You know uh, that nothing would really happen there. Like we weren't really repeating that again. And I know we talked about this on the show. Like, but yeah, it, to me it was inconclusive. It just kind of might have been that character positing a guess. Um, but yeah, I can understand the confusion absolutely. I mean, who knows? There. Maybe next issue they'll suddenly not have spider sense anymore. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh. Okay, well, uh, the next question, I think, is actually for, for you, Mark, again. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is from Jason uh, Carrier. If I said that wrong, I apologize. He writes, hey, guys, love the show. Just started listening to it. I'm from Montreal, Canada. And, yes, Canadian bacon sucks. But Montreal bagels rule. Do you know anything about Montreal bagels? You know, I – not from personal experience, but uh, there's a there's a restaurant in Brooklyn here where I am called Mile End, uh, and it's all Canadian food. And I, I know uh, a woman there who who eats there loyally, and she swears by their brunch and says the bagels and like the locks that they serve with them, like it's Canadian locks apparently, is like the greatest stuff in the world. Is Canadian locks just normal bacon? <laughs> I think it's cut from a different part of the fish's belly or something like that. Uh, so. Okay, all right. Same um, with the bacon, right? Yeah, yes. But they have poutine there, which I think – was it on Twitter or on here where we had questions about poutine? Yeah, we had uh, – on, on Twitter, we had several questions about what poutine was. Yeah, poutines is basically you know for you, for you New Jersey people out there, it's disco fries, Canadian style. Fries well, I and think grape. that's what we said on the show. But for people who aren't in New Jersey, could you describe it? <laughs> what disco fries are? Yes. Well, it's it, it, it's French fries and gravy, and you know, in 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 Canada, it's it's cheese curd. So it's like a, you know, kind of like that chunky cottage cheesy stuff on it. And you eat and, it with like a miniature spork. Yeah, and they'll put like like pastrami and meat on it too. I mean, it's not just those two things. Um, it's basically but, what like what is the fastest path to a heart attack? Right. Go. But, um, you know, I, I, I did not grow up in New Jersey. I grew up on Long Island, but uh, Long Island diners and Jersey diners have a lot in common. And I many times late at night in college um, would have disco fries, which in, in you know, the, the metropolitan area sense is French fries, gravy and melted American cheese. And my God, is it amazing? Not to belabor this point uh, much further, which this has gone on much further than I've ever imagined it would. 
Yes. Uh, do you think, since Montreal bagels are so good, if you add Canadian bacon to them, Ugh. do just become okay? Ugh. Ugh. Why would you ruin a bagel like that? But, like, one is so good and one is so bad. Do they just, like, cancel each other out? And let's also be honest about something. I'm sure those Montreal bagels are good, but they ain't touching New York bagels. Essa bagel, baby. Although it's closing. I, I had an Essa bagel today, Dan. You did? Oh, don't yeah, kill me. There, you're, there you're was, killing me I didn't realize there was one, like, on, like, the Upper East Side. Or not Upper East Side. Kind of like Midtown East. Yeah, it's like 50-something street. Yep, yep. I got uh, everything with some sun-dried tomato cream cheese. Mm. You're killing me. You know, one thing I will say living in L.A., L.A. bagels are terrible. Oh, well, I mean, I mean they're just does, bad. Does LA, any, does L.A. do anything right besides avocado? They do a, they do a lot of things right. Um, Protein shakes. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot of things right. I, there's actually really wonderful food in this city. I mean, the Mexican food you can't beat, right? I mean, other than maybe Mexico, but... Um, I don't know, man. I got, I got, I got a... a Big population from the Yucatan Peninsula over here, where I am in Brooklyn. There's some pretty, pretty, okay, I get it, I get it. No, there's good stuff here, but the bagels, like, I went to the number one bagel place, like, uh, that's, like, listed as the best bagel in the city, and I was like, this is not even okay. Is it the Lenders Factory? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Okay, anyway. Um, So enough about bagels. What about donations and subscriptions, Dan? Yeah, we could do that. The time of the show, where we thank all the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money and have opted to join the <clears throat> Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. I'm going to have you sing it one of these weeks. Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. That's We're going to put out a record and send it to people's houses. <laughs> What are we? Are we torturing them? <laughs> uh, this 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 week we have four new, new members to the club. Thanks to Brendan Anderson, Thomas Smith, JG Carrier, and Kyle Chris, Chrissy Chrissy Christ. Christ. Christ, I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Christ, who donating to the show, becoming members. Also, an additional thanks to Jonathan Jacob for a second donation. It means the world to us. Wow, Mark. Could you sound (laughs) any more upset about someone who's trying to help us out? Jonathan, seriously, thank you very much. (laughs) Next time I'll prompt you without the gun pointed to your head. (laughs) Next time just write better script. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, well, Mark. Do not look behind the curtain. Well, Mark, as usual, I think you can join me in 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 the rejoicement that is our announcement that the members should check their emails for free comics because you will get your free comics in your emails if you're chosen as out of our lucky raffle. Otherwise, if you are not a member. Mark, I'm getting through this. (laughs) (laughs) Silence and obedience, Mark. If you'd like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club and help support the show, please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Why do we name it that? I did it. I got through it. Go click on the button and become a member. Let's talk some spider news, Dan. We got plenty of it, so let's do it. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he All right, Dan, so we got another Secret Wars spinoff series coming out. Uh, this one, one, it's a... What's that? Another one. Yeah, another one. And and this one, it's a it's a twofer. It's one half is Spider Island, and the other is an MC2 Spider Girl, which is going to be written by friends of the show DeFalco and Ron Friends, right? Yeah, absolutely. And who's on the Spider Island book? Was it Christos Gage? Yeah, and uh, and I believe Humberto Ramos. Okay. Um. So I mean, I I was kind of surprised that Spider Girl. Is going to get a new lease on life, although I guess this is certainly the kind of an event to do it for. Yeah, um, maybe they'll, they'll actually give her, like, a proper conclusion. Yeah. Besides, like, oh, you have graduated to Spider-Woman. I mean, I thought that uh, was fine, but it wasn't written by the guys who created her, so. No, no. Um, I, I, really, I really don't know what Spider-Island is going to add to the game here and, you know, what else needs to be said. But, I mean, it just seems like all of these series that are going to be going on the next few months. I don't know if there really is any huge point to it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, are you going to pick all of these up? Or are you going to sample them and see what sticks? I'll sample and see what sticks. I mean, I want to give Tom and Ron certainly some of my money if I can. So uh, I'll certainly see what, what they want to do with spider girl. Um, if I think if this was just spider Island, I don't know how hardcore I'd be about it. I mean, we really like Spider Island, but that story was told, you know? Yeah, I mean, but, like, the silly thing is with a lot of these Secret Wars series, it's like, you know, like, you have Old Man Logan, but it's like, I think it's Bendis writing it instead of Mark Millar. I mean, like, it's it's just like, I don't get what the point of revisiting these, these territories or whatever when it's like, it's not the original creators doing it like you know if you told me that i don't know like you know there was an untold tale from spider island that slot was going to tell well i mean not that slot is our favorite writer at the moment but you know what i mean like i I might be a little more interested but i I just don't know what this is all going to be i mean you know but these these it was actually a very interesting story i don't know if you saw this dan not to get too tangential but i think it was on cvr where they were talking to comic book shop owners about like how Secret Wars and Convergence, the DC event, which is basically doing the same gimmick, 
um, it's like really like causing havoc for for comic book shop owners because it's like how do you how do you organize pull lists for books that are like temporary books that are only going to be around for a few months? Um, and normally by the time like and these and these these shops don't know how many books to order. So like and you know they're losing their regular pull customers because a lot of guys are just viewing these these events as as opportunity to save some some money for those months rather than oh I'm going to go buy other books you know like it's not what they read so why are they going to do that um, so I, I I'm going to be very curious to see you know Marvel was kind of pumping up the fact well Secret Wars apparently has five hundred thousand pre orders right now Secret Wars number one which would make it the best-selling non-Star Wars comic of the last 20 years. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I'd be curious to see how these books sell, Dan. Yeah, um, you know, actually, I, I was going to bring this up later, but I think this is an appropriate time to jump in on this. This past weekend, I went to WonderCon, and um, I actually got some tweets about this. I got up and asked a question at the Marvel panel. Um, and some people were tweeting me. I knew I heard your voice and recognized it immediately, uh, <laughs> right? Because I said, "Like you know, like uh, you know." <laughs> but um, yeah, I went to the WonderCon panel and I had like you know a couple of big names, I guess, like Rick Remender and um, you know, and Colin Bunn, you know, and uh, uh, John is it John James Robinson? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're like the the top names at Marvel, but you know, I guess kind of recognizable. Remender is pretty big right now. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Robinson, Robinson's a big industry name. Yeah. So, the thing is, uh, these people like like Sam Humphreys was there too, and he was dressed up as Prince, which was the most fun aspect of it. Um, okay. But they clearly they did not have a script or anything. You know, I love scripts, but. Uh, they didn't have any plan on what they were going to do in this panel. So they have thousands of people in a room and no announcements to make, and they just opened it up for a Q&A. And I think like 12 people got up and asked questions, of which they answered like none of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of dodged around it and are like, yo, Secret Wars, we can't tell you anything. And uh, it was just such a waste of time. For everyone, like I, I took my girlfriend, and you know who's eager to get interested in comics, and she said, like if I just went in there, I wouldn't want to buy anything that they're putting out, um, and I feel that way about all of Secret Wars. Like I just don't care, and it's too confusing for anybody like from the outside hoping to get in on this. Like uh, the Planet Hulk story is about. Uh, like Steve Rogers with like an axe, like on a planet of Hulks. Uh, right. It's like right. who cares? This, this is not Greg Pak's epic story about you know Hulk finding love that and you know then finding getting you know her getting killed and <laughs> spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, I just thought I was like. This is such a waste of time and like if people aren't going to be charismatic or like – like say we will about Stan Lee. That guy knew how to sell a book and how to get people excited about reading Marvel Comics. This panel made me go, why would I ever care about Marvel Comics? Yeah, I, 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 I am starting to think more and more like this is an event that's going to backfire. 
Yeah, um, I, I think so too. You know, I mean, not, I mean, not to bring up the competition, but at least with Convergence, like, do you know the whole premise why they're doing Convergence during it's these like months? Undoing New Fifty Two. Well, no, but it's not. That's the thing. It's it, it basically DC is being blunt about the fact they're putting everything on hold because they're relocating to California right now. So they they basically developed a bunch of inventory stories like thematically released. So like each week it's a different era of pre fifty new fifty two continuity. So there's like you know like pre Flashpoint and uh, pre Crisis and post Crisis and and the nineties. It's just like its own animal. Um, and they're going to just do this for this month and next month. And then by June, everything will be back to normal again. And, you know, you know, there are some people who are kind of annoyed because it's like, then what's the point? Like, why, why do we care about, why do we need to care about this event? And DC is just kind of like, well, that's what it is. You know, like, you know, secret, with Marvel, they're at least trying to like, you know, they are trying to sell this as this has consequences, but like, I'll, I'll read the secret wars mini itself, but I really don't – I don't know how many of these ancillary books I'm going to pick up because like – I see it know, as a great opportunity to not buy as many books. Yeah. Like I mean they're canceling Rocket Raccoon to do a group book. I'm not reading the group book. I just – you know like because it's not Scotty Young and Scotty Young to me was the, the draw to read Rocket Raccoon. And you know like I'm just trying to think of some other books. Like I, I don't know what's going on with like – um Silver Surf. Well, I actually dropped Silver Surfer. Kind of just losing patience with it. Um, but there are other books like okay, we know Spider Woman's going to keep running through a little bit of it, and I'm assuming Spider Gwen will as well. Um, but you know, so Avengers is gonna is gonna go away and going to be replaced with this like all female Avengers team. But again, it's like it's it's short lived. Why am I reading it? You know, like why it's like. This is a three-month gimmick. That's what this is. Well, not to mention that we already kind of know what's going to come out the other <laughs> side of it, which gets to our next news, is that we saw an image that was leaked uh, accidentally and then confirmed of uh, an all-new, all-different Avengers, including Miles Morales. Yes. Um, so, Dan, let me, let, me, let me bait you and some of our readers. Do you take this news as meaning that Maybe there will not be a Peter Parker Spider-Man in this new post-Secret Wars universe. No, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, like I maybe, don't think but so either. I, I mean, I guess anything's possible. But I saw that being circulated by some of the obvious places on the internet um, who get reactionary to Spider-Man news. That'll probably earn us an email now. <laughs> um, but um, peeling yeah. back the curtain, Mark. <laughs> Um, but point being, yeah, I mean, this just seems like, you know, they, 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 Marvel clearly has a hankering to get miles in the mainstream universe. Cause I think, I think ultimate finally is done. I, I think that's the better question is, is there a new ultimate Spider-Man series or is this it? Like, is Ben done? I think this might be it. They didn't say, did they say who was writing this Avengers book? Uh, it's Mark Wade. Oh, that's right. Yeah, what are they going to do with Bendis? Because he's know. off of X-Men I don't see him it's... giving up his baby. I honestly think that he'll keep writing Ultimate Spider-Man until he decides to no longer do it. Maybe he's decided. Maybe he has. Maybe he has. Um, although we'll talk about this when we talk about our reviews of those books. 
It's kind of a weird way to end this series. Yes. Um, and Dan, you have some news. I do have some news, Mark. It's nothing too big. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what is it? But uh, when I was at WonderCon, um, I saw a preview. After that great panel? Was this, was this before the panel or after the great panel? This is before the panel. Okay. So, yeah. you were still in the, so you were still in the mood to spend money on comics at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I saw a preview for Mad Max Fury Road, and it looked great. Right. Okay, cool. Anyway, moving right along. You can find all of our new amazing <laughs> <laughs> No, Mark. Guess what? I what? finished my collection. I got the last <laughs> amazing Spider-Man comics I need. I own them all now. Including the annuals. Including the annuals because, god damn it, annuals count. But you still are missing that ends of the earth one shot. I am. I am missing that <laughs> ends of the earth one shot. So, you know, it's not truly complete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy that just to rub it in your face. I'll sell it to you for $20. <laughs> no, man. I got, I, got, I got annual number three, which is the one where he fights the Avengers. Now, if that Yeah, that's count, actually a good pickup. I didn't realize you were still missing that, too. That's, yeah, I was actually missing that. I didn't really realize it either. But, um, yeah, that was the last one that I needed, uh, well, then, which was harder to find than I thought. Then, oh, yeah. It's, that's, that's, I mean, it's actually one of the few annuals I would consider getting of the annuals that I have missing. And I'll tell you what, Mark, I found it in a bargain bin um, yeah. that was half off the price on it. So it was 25 and then half off that. So I got it for 1250 That's That's pretty slick, Dan. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. And, of course, your last you know, ASM that counts was number eight, right? <laughs> well, I won't agree to that because they all count. But all right, okay, sure. Number um, eight. But ASM eight, right? Yeah, the tribute to teenagers. Yes. Um, and the living brain issue or, yeah. or we're going to call him the living usb device yes peter and flash's boxing fight yes peter and Bo- uh, yeah which is great on the cover it has him in his mask it's like way to hide your identity buddy well you know yeah no no, no it's great uh, that then- you know it's a really fun issue as lame as the living brain is uh there's a lot of good like you know teenage drama in it yes and a good good spider-man human torch story in the backup mm-hmm well, Dan, sincerest congratulations. Um, I, I will only slightly resent you about the whole annual stuff. Um, you know. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mark. You know, let uh, me ask you this. Like, cause we talked about you finishing your collection. Yes. I guess the, the overwhelming feeling here was like, oh, well, it's done. And that felt inevitable. Um, and then I got in line and this guy saw me holding it, the issue and he was like, Oh, what is that? And I said, Oh, it's ASM number eight. I finished my collection of amazing Spider-Man today. And he's like, Oh, so why, why did you feel compelled to collect, uh, all these issues? And I was like, I I really like the character. And then I was like, wait, is this, is this quest as hollow as, as that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I know that it's not like I was, you know, uh, my emotions were like, you know, really pleased and satisfied and it's been very fun to do. Um, and I guess it kind of highlights for me that I'm glad I didn't just buy everything off eBay. Like right. I felt like if I just went and bought everything without actually questing after it for 24 years, it would probably feel pretty hollow. 
Yeah, I hear you. I did some hollow buying though, so yeah, but know. not. But that, not all that of it was a buck hollow. And a quarter gets you, that a buck and a quarter gets you sentiment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, Mark, if if your quest was so hollow, I don't think you could have supported a blog on it. No, no, the original. <laughs> what is this you're implying? Because I know you. I know you. You're, it's going to be now Dan chases something or I don't know. I'm just, I'm just teasing. No, no, I'll probably write like a, an, an article about my, my chase, but not, I'm not going to do what you've done. I'll damn, do something better. Damn Skippy. Because, <laughs> you know, without, without my site, we would not be together, Dan. And yes, by together, I mean together. Oh. <laughs> I was unaware of such intimacy. <laughs> Well, I guess that's an interesting place to end the show, Mark. <laughs> you betcha, soulmate. Oh, uh, take us home, Dan. All right. Well, of course, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, as we request, you can leave us a rating and a comment and let us know how we're doing. If you have any opinions on the comics we discussed today or any questions, please be sure to email them to us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com. And, of course, we'll read them on the air. Also, be sure to check out both of our Facebook pages at Facebook.com slash SuperiorSpiderTalk and Facebook.com slash ChasingAmazing because they are great places to keep up with us in between shows as we put up articles we've written, breaking news about the Spider-Man universe, and our comic book collections. And, of course, there are good ways to get in touch with us. And, of course, don't forget to check out our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club that helps support our show. Lastly, our theme song is courtesy of Rylan Bojack, and our outro song comes from Magic. And, uh, Dan, be back in a week for when we finally, finally start our essential book club uh, reading list. I know we've been talking about this series for the last month and a half or so, it seems. It's coming now because we're going to, like, record it. Very soon, right? Yeah, we're going to record it next week. Next week. Jump in time. I hope nothing happens in the Spider-Man universe between now and then because it won't be on the podcast. (laughs) 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 Yes, we are recording it right after this. So, uh, uh, Mark, do you want to make predictions for what happens in the future next week? Are we going to have flying cars? Um, I'm going to say... Quit your stammering, Mark, because uh, we are going to discuss 50 to 52, and people aren't going to want to hear that. But what they do want to hear is where they can he- find more of you on the Internet. Oh, well, you can get all of me on the Internet at www.chasingamazingblog.com, on Twitter at ChasingASMblog, or find my lists on comicbook.com. Dan, you... You can follow me on Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdin or our Spider-Man account at, at SupSpiderTalk or go to SuperiorSpiderTalk.com to read all of my Spider-Man writing. Uh, so, yeah, lots of good places. So, uh, Mark, as we usually do when we end our show, we like to check in with our good friend Uncle Ben. Yeah, uh, you know, I heard that Uncle Ben was at WonderCon. He, um, he actually yeah. was in many different forms. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I heard that the, the the our our the true Uncle Ben, you know, he was he was gonna participate in the Marvel panel. 
Oh. Um, but you know, he 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 had some. He had a secret that he had to tell about Secret Wars, and you know what happens when you talk about Secret Wars. Uh, but but I did see him after the show. It was like Uncle Ben. Why didn't you end up going up there? What were you going to talk about? He's like, let me tell you what the secret is. With great podcasts, there must also come amazing spider talk. Mm-hmm.